With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 24th of October. I actually checked that about two minutes, two seconds ago. Don't the 24th of October, 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. Um, three games in three nights for the Belfast Giants. Two wins and a defeat. That winning streak was snapped at eight. But there was plenty to talk about in events that took place over the weekend in Milton Keynes and at the Spectrum against the Guildford Flames. We're going to come on to that in a second, but let it not be said that we don't take feedback on board. You're used to, in the last couple of weeks, of hearing four voices here, but of course it's dragged the podcast on to, uh, let's say, longer running time. So we took feedback on, and we're going to rotate the three fantastic pundits that we have, and you're going to hear three voices. Unfortunately, one of those voices, unfortunately for you, one of those voices is going to be me. But you know, we'll, uh, we'll one of the pundits will get a will get a, one of the members will get a rest week on week. Uh, this week, unfortunately, we'll be missing Joel Neal. But don't worry, all those statistical knowledge will be made up in a little part by David McJimsey. How are you? Not bad. Joel has sent me some spreadsheets through, so Good. I should be uh, absolutely fine with any stats that come up. <laughs> and also a man who's got a few weekends off from being behind the mic on Belfast Giants TV, so he's just going to watch the games instead. Mr. Simon Kitchen, how are you? I'm good, Patrick. I would really like to watch the games instead, but unfortunately, uh, uh, Guildford still don't have a webcast, which is a bit of a pain in the butt. But anyway, carry on. Ah, there you go. It's only three minutes or so into the podcast, and that's the first beep. Thanks, sis. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, Guildford didn't have a webcast, but we've been able to see the games. We'll be able to talk about them. Let's start. We are recording that. I'm going to say, going to be up front at the start. This is Monday. We're recording this. It will go out on Wednesday, so there's going to be a little bit of jiggery pokery going on, but you'll see that as the uh, as the show goes on, which means if anything serious happens between now and Wednesday, we're not going to be talking about it. So. Keep that in mind. Uh, let's start with Friday night's game. The Belfast Giants starting their long road stretch, 10 games before they come back into the SSE Arena for the Continental Cup. And that began with Milton Keynes. Two games, one on Friday, one on Saturday. I'll give you the stats for both. We'll take the both as we normally do, this sort of thing, mm-hmm. as, uh, as one discussion. Milton Keynes won Belfast Giants four on the Friday night. The scoring was opened by Frankie Bavillier in the second period, and that was doubled by David Rutherford. Um, Andres Valdix, the former Sheffield Steeler, uh, made it 2-1 early in the third, but then two more goals from the Giants, and Janice and Rutherford rounded out the scoring at 4-1. In nets, Patrick Killeen 
for the MK Lightning, 49 saves, 53 shots. The other side, Tyler Beskarawani, who will be joining us later in the show, 27 saves, 28 shots. The referees for that game were Tom Darnell and Stefan Hogarth. And then on to Saturday's game, back in the same venue, Milton Keynes won, Belfast Giants 5. Scoring was opened by Hunter Bishop getting another goal and doubled in the first period by Blair Riley. Trevor Moorbeck pinned the Giants back to 2-1, but that was going to be their only goal. Rutherford and Jonner added them uh, with power play goal for Rutherford, even strength goal for Jonner, made it 3 and 4-1 respectively, before Dustin Jonner got his own power play marker in the third period. They make it 5-1 in nets. Killeen with another loss, unfortunately for him. Not unfortunately for us. 38 saves from 43 shots. And the other side, Tyler Beskarowani, 20 saves on 21 shots. And your referees that night were Matt Thompson and Matt Rose. Says, I'll start with you on this. Uh, Friday, you know, we're talking nine goals scored, two goals conceded, and a pretty a pretty professional job for the Giants without them really getting out of second gear. Yeah, and I mean, certainly no, neither game was a barn burner. Um, you know, you're, you're starting out, uh, you know, actually, do you know what? Milton Keynes come out and, and put up a pretty good first period, which we expected from the Manly because, you know, they're, they're always pretty good at home. They give Cardiff a, a tough game last week. They beat Nottingham the week before uh, at home. So, you know, they're, you, you, you knew they were going to come out to play. They were short on bodies, which is never easy. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we were down a couple of guys ourselves, but, um, you know, when they had that goal cancelled out for the net being off its Murins, and then 15 seconds later, we go up the other end and, and uh, uh, Francis Beauvillier literally has a, an open cage to, to slot that first goal home. A couple of minutes later, Rudy, you know, he got his first of the, of the weekend um, and uh, on, the, on the power play. The power play was great on Friday night, three goals, three goals on Saturday night. Um, you know, so it's it was a it was a as you say, it was a professional performance. Trying to conserve energy uh, after your four-one up um, on the uh, on Friday night to go into Saturday and then ultimately into Sunday. You know, it was I thought it was reasonable enough performance. Um, thought we, we could have been more clinical at times. Uh, you know, Jelena had a clapper from the from the blue line. They got a goal in a power play. Uh, Rudy picked up a second one. Um, Riley had three apples on the night itself. You know, so it certainly it was a professional performance. But I do think they could have gave more. Um, Saturday, if you want me to lead, is that okay? Just lead yeah, yeah, straight into Continue. You know, Saturday, continue. same thing. You know, you, if we get off the two 0 lead, they pegged us back a bit as well for the end of the second period. Um, and then there was the you know, uh, Rudy got another goal. Um, Jonner got a couple of power play markers as well. So Saturday itself, I, I was gonna. I didn't see the third period until I got home, and you know, watching. The first two periods, Stone Cold Sober, and then watching the third period at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm completely lit was a new experience for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I can I, give you I, a few tips, mate. I, I, I think you're the, you're the king man at that. So uh, it certainly uh, uh, was my eyes open. I had to watch it again on Sunday morning again. Actually, I don't remember finishing the third period. But, uh, again, you know, 5-1, best going for both nights. Um, and then we, we can't not talk about Shudra's hit no. uh, on uh, Kendall McFall. You know, I, I know everybody says he's a young kid and, and learned the game. Well, you know what? He needed his bag knocked in after that. Um, the big man Besco came out of his cage 
to have a word with him, and, and you see him shooter literally just shrink into he's supposed to be six foot one. He looked about five foot one after that. And you know, I remember last year uh, his dad was on Steelers TV ranting and raving after he was hit um, from Al Headley from behind. It was more from the side, but uh, you know, by cons. Brandon Conley had him last year, and and Rod Shooter went off on one city shooter got five plus five plus match plus ten year suspension. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, he got two game suspension. I think it's well deserved, but uh, you know he can't make that hit. That's a silly, silly play because he lost them the game on Friday night. Yeah, he lost them the game. We scored two power play goals in that five minute uh, power play. And you know their coach went on to say it was a two-one game. He must have said two-one. <laughs> I was going to say, did, did, he, did he say that? He said about a hundred times. I think he said two-one. Um, I think it was you know it ended up four-one, but he talked about two-one an awful lot. But uh, you know, Shooter, he lost that game for them. They were in the game, only one goal down at two-one. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's going to have to learn from that. I know he's on loan from the Steelers, and he maybe uh, you know thinking he's still going to get a big crowd behind him, sharing with a, a bad hit like that in Steelerland. But um, yeah, he's he's I bet he felt bad about that, and he obviously missed the next two games over the weekend. You still there, Davy? Yeah, I feel a bit like a bit of a grocery stick here, sitting here <laughs> on the Simon Kitchen show. But, uh, I don't know if you've got Sorry, a question. Or, or it's, been, it's all been covered already, has it? Sure, but no, let's no, I'm, I, I, I'm I'm playing up here, lads. But let's 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 stick with the um the, the Cole Shooter side of it. I'm just going to play it in the background because Cole Shooter did get a two-game suspension from the Department of Player Safety. And it seems that, you know, a lot of players... Well, we, we said, well, he was going to play on that Saturday game. And it wasn't going to happen because we knew that if he if he did play, he was probably going to get into trouble. Dops probably saved him a little bit, Davey. Um, I don't know. There's still, there's still a little honour uh, in, in the game. And, and from time to time, people have to answer the bell for... For what they've done, it has gone out of the game to an extent as well. You can even see from from the incidents itself, and days gone by. You know, it wasn't the refs that jumped in to save Shooter. It was you know players. One of his teammates wouldn't wouldn't let Besco get at him, and, and our own teammate, as, as Besco said himself. You know, they were they were busy concentrating on the game. It give us it's one of those when it gives you an opportunity to go and see like two points. You know, you can save that for another day. What 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 needs to happen there? You know, we were. I think, 46% on the on the power play across the weekend. Six power play goals in two games is yeah. is, is brilliant. And you don't want to, you know, at that stage, we're, we're five-minute major with a couple of minutes, you know, six, seven minutes left in the game or something like that, wasn't there? And, uh, you know, we have the chance to see the game out with the extra man. There's no need for somebody to really get involved at that stage. Thankfully, Kendall was pretty okay. Probably a bit stiff from a hit like that. But, um you know, not a hit. It was a hit he didn't need to make. It was one. It was. You know, he, he, hopefully, he'll learn from it. What got me? Time, what, what got me from it, mate, was the fact that after it, he didn't seem to respond. He should have just like stood there as if you know he didn't understand what he'd done wrong. I think he was almost uh, a, a shock. The wrong word. I think he realised straight away what a bad hit. I think he had genuine concern straight away that Kendall McFall was hurt. I think it's probably genuine concern. Okay, here I am getting going to get a beat down here. Yeah. I think there was a, a stage of there's almost rabbit caught in the head, like stage fright. Just everything came on top of him at that at that moment. He just wasn't really sure what was going on, just because of the head. But you know, thankfully, say McFall's been able to get up, big big strong boy, and uh, and hopefully should learn from 
and you know you can't be making those you just cannot make that hit when you see the numbers and you know we, we were talking at the time when the game was going on i don't know whether you watching the game patty or whether it was me and says i can't remember but the way group chat was going on and we're debating what the penalty was going to be you know hit from behind you know, checking from behind. I thought there was a bit of charge in that. You know, it's just a hit he doesn't need to make. But he got it right, David. It was checking from behind. Um, five the plus the, the referee, Simon, the referee's got it right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a five plus game for Cole Shudra. Patrick Killeen got two minutes for leaving the crease and Tyler Beskarani got two minutes for roughing in that in that little um that little Break and play, 12 minutes and 10 seconds into the third period. David, to give your own dig at those two games, we spoke with um, Adam Keith after Saturday's game. And he, you know, in the post game that you can find on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB. And in that, he sort of said, you know, that the, the, the Milton Keynes Lightning gave the Giants a fair challenge. Was he being kind? I think he was. It wasn't much of a barn burner across the weekend, like either, either nights. And, uh, it was clinical from the Giants in terms of it was almost the perfect road performance for, you know, 120 minutes. We pretty much, it wasn't a 2-1 game, in my opinion, the night before. Yes, I know what he's saying. That he said it was 2-1. They've got, they've got a close. Valdex with an absolute... score, It wasn't 2-1, but it was a 2-1 game. Man. It was a 2-1 game up until uh, the, 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 the major... It turned to 3-1. Yeah, turn to three and then the four. But you know, like the, the the goal that Valdek scored, you know, he pops it up where Mama keeps the peanut butter there, right up over uh, Besco's shoulder in the top of that, pops a water bottle, beautiful. And, and at that stage, you're thinking we've really controlled this game and and we have a chance of of letting things slip here. But fortunately, we're able to go on to that. And uh, you know, Kevin Rain back, yes, sporting a lo- sporting a lovely flow, by the way, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, but I think I think he showed signs of ring rustiness, but he also showed a, a good turn of foot. You know, he's been off the ice for a while. Me and Simon talked about talked about this this morning, and you know, maybe maybe missed a few passes, turned the puck over a few times, but also a few times when he turned the puck over, he was able to use that speed that he has to get to get back into position really quick. So you know, as as he gets the the, the wheels underneath him here, he'll be able to to get going. But I thought the the two games in terms of spectacles, were pretty boring, but in a happy yeah. way for a Belfast Giants fan, you know, with nothing spectacular, go in, do the business on the road and just get out of there with the points. Pretty happy with, with the two performances. The highlights of that game, or at least Friday's game, are available from Milton Keynes Lightning. You can find them on kingdomofthegiants.com. I think Saturday's game that will follow in due course. Um, they usually come out from both Milton Keynes and Guildford, which we'll deal with now, but they usually come out midweek. Keep an eye on at AVFTB on Twitter, and we'll throw them at you when we see them. Uh, and we move on. Uh, Belfast Giants went into the spectrum in Guildford, in Surrey, with a three... Well, that... Yeah, sorry, that with that eight-game winning streak. Unfortunately, that was snapped by the Flames, who took the victory 3-2. Bit of a cat-and-mouse game. Belfast, sorry, the, the Guildford Flames opened the scoring on the power play. Cruz Reddick scoring six minutes, 19 seconds into the first. And then on the power play himself, Darcy Murphy, an unassisted goal, um, rounded out the first period. Kelly Ackard uh, on the power play himself, uh, made it 2-1 before that was pegged back by Kyle Bond, who copied Cali uh, Ackward's uh, goal celebration of throwing the stick in the air when he made it 2-2. But it was Ackward who was to have the last laugh, who in the third period on the power play himself was the odd goal in five. The Giants 
streak snapped. Uh, Chris Carosi was in goal for the Guildford Flames. 27 saves on 29 shots. Tyler Beskarowani, three games and three nights. 35 saves and 38 shots. Your two referees of the night were Matt Thompson and Stefan Hogarth. Davey, I'll start with you on this one. Well, Sid said, and said a couple, a few times over the last couple of weeks, that Guildford are a dangerous prospect and one of the best teams we've probably faced so far this season. It was going to be a difficult prospect because they were fresh going into this game. It was the only game of the weekend in Belfast playing 3-3, three and three, and so it was told. I think we talked probably last week or maybe just after the Guildford game, on the on the phone podcast about Akerid and Reddick and Dunbar and how dangerous they were and especially on that you know on that power play and we'll had the two nights in Milton Keynes where we beat off a lot of you know a lot of penalty kills and, and kept it at hundred percent and then we've gone in there dangerous team we've give away for me we've give, you know it's the it's the annoying little penalties the slashes the holdings the you know the the ones that. Are, are avoidable and uh, you, if you keep giving that power play looks they're they're going to damage you and unfortunately that's what's ended up happening you know you, you try and go back and take the positives out of the game you know Kyle Bond coming up with a goal <laughs> as you said Paddy you know the wee celebration for the boys there you know for after uh, the Guildford player had done with them, themselves earlier in the game but it's just disappointing with five minutes to go there on the third night of a three and three away from home, all away from home, you're just a couple of minutes away from uh, from overtime and, and that extra point. It would have made a, a, a really, what was a really good weekend. You know, you Kiefer would probably have bit your arm off for four points at the start of the season on a three from three. But, you know, when you're that close to getting that extra point, five from six seems so much better than four from six. But, you know, when you look at the league table, where we were three or four weeks ago, where we are now, the kind of, okay, the streak has snapped at eight. Disappointing as well. But, you know, the way the boys dug in for each other there, and they've come up with uh, come up with two goals at the Flames, and on another night it gets you it gets you the point, but just wasn't to be. Says so, you know, considering that the penalty kill was solid in the two games against Milton Keynes, and you can judge them for their standard or whatever, but statistically, you know, we the penalty kill was one hundred percent of those two games for all three. Of the of the the, the Guilford, of Guilford's goals being on the power play to take them the win, how frustrating do you think that is? Well, again, after you're getting the two um, uh, Friday and Saturday games and not getting conceded for for the power play, and, they, and Milton Keynes did have a few looks at it, but you know, Guilford are really good. I mean, they, these five guys playing together for the last two years now. Um, you know, they move the puck around very well. They create space. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at their first one, uh, oh, God, um, Reddick. Uh, Reddick came in, you know, he circled just the top of the, uh, of the circle itself, came in, went top chase, and, and uh, I know Bessel didn't really get a look at it. Rainer uh, was was slightly in his way, and he just didn't get a a, um, a good enough look itself to, you know, to keep it out of the net. But I, I said it last week, as you said, Paddy, I think they're a really, really good team. Us and the, the, their power play is good, but their PK is excellent. Um, you know, we managed to get one power play goal um, on Saturday night, uh, but sorry, Sunday, Sunday night. Um, but you know, we, the, I think it's only the second game this year we've actually been outshot. Uh, you know, and I can't, I think that's coming from the fatigue side of things. Three games and three nights, I've been there before. It is tough. It is really tough. It doesn't matter how much energy you think you're conserving from the two nights before. 
you know, it, it can really, really make a big difference. And as you say, they came out uh, for a full week uh, break, you know, that's seven full days to recover. Um, they go in and obviously playing at home as well, which is a, you know, it's a dingy wee, wee rink and, uh, you know, can be very loud in there too. So it's, uh, if you'd offered me 14 points from 16 over the last eight games, um, three, four weeks ago, I'd have bet your arm off. So, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly, uh, it's not ideal. Adam was disappointed at it, um, after the game. Uh, and he was saying that, you know, he, he felt they, sh- they should have got something, something out of the game. And, you know, we all know that he always gives honest interviews and he'll be disappointed. I say he didn't get at least a point, um, from the, uh, the Sunday game itself. But, uh, I, I thought we, I thought we played well. Um, I watched the game back, um, on Sunday night and I watched a, a wee bit of it again today. I didn't quite get finishing it. Um, I watched the, the end of the third period today. But I, I, and I think he's right. I think we deserve to get something out of the game itself. So, um, disappointing not to, to you know, to keep the, the streak going. Finishing on eight, you know what? Let's go again. You know, we've got uh, a couple more big games coming up this week again. And I know the boys will be ready to, to uh, try and light that lamp um, coming Saturday against Storm. And here, tell you what, it was a feisty way encounter too. And, and a, yep. across the weekend, there was, there was obviously the, the students that were talked about. And, there was other bits and pieces going on. Dustin Jonner on Sunday night, I think it's um, Evan, Evan Ritt, Ritt giving him a bit of a, giving him a bit of a face wash, and he just wants to get tucked in. And, and fair play to, to Jonner, he didn't have the old gloves, the mitts glued on. He was happy to drop him and, and get tore in there. First fighting majors of Belfast Giant, but uh, you know, good to see him standing up for himself. Good to see that the, the team across the weekend were were happy to you know get stuck in where they needed to. I think the game could have. Could have tipped towards the end on the. I can't remember if it was the Friday night or the Saturday night. The referees just started calling absolutely everything, and mm. you know, if not for that, maybe the refs actually controlled it quite well. It could have ended up in, in some fifty cuffs there. I think uh, that uh, the ginger Jesus, uh, Johnny Boxel, um, Boxy gets called for next to nothing, you know, and somebody could call it for fighting on the. Who could call for? Fighting? Yeah, Swindlehurst. Swind- it was never a fighting, for fighting and, and neither of them. So much as through a glove. Yep. Um, never a five minute each. Never. And anger. So I think a bit of a cop out from the from the stripes there. But you know, a couple of real good performances. I'm going to single out a guy returning to Milton Keynes, um, Lewis Hook, on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. Number of times he tried to go coast to coast, and he, he really, really put a lot of effort in. Bit of a you know went around clapping the, the whole crowd on the Friday night, especially because the, of the reception that they've given him. He's stood up really well in the last few weeks for me. He's earning more and more ice time as he goes along. Obviously, we've had short bench with different boys being out with different knocks. He's getting a wee bit more ice time than maybe he would if he was just rolling that fourth line. But, uh, you know, he's stepping up in the rules there during, during games and doing really well. As Sid says, you know, the Giants are 8-2 from the last 10, Davey. And what I'm also going into this game, you know, what I found interesting, especially with... Tyler Beskarowani, which we've mentioned a few times, I've still not played this. And what you gonna do? But we spoke to Paul Dixon a couple of weeks ago when we were playing a bit, playing of the SSE, and he made a big point of the fact that they ran with two important netminders, Carosi and Nets for them this time compared to uh, Fullerton, who was in last time. It seems to be something that's working for them. Yeah, um, and obviously, as you know, we do the do the stats on, on where goals are conceded and stuff and and Fullerton, you know, he concedes his goals in different different areas and that's obviously all goaltenders have their little tendencies. But you know, Karatsi's been very, very good up high and 
it was no surprise to see him, you know, plugging plugging pucks earlier like Charlie's the other night. And I just think that uh, that's something that's going to stand them really good. They've, you know, I know there's been a little argument on Twitter there over who's spending what. And nobody really knows. Um, that that's not visible out there. Standard league, elite league. As, as to who spends what, but you know, the allegation that the Guildford had spent big to to uh, to compete, as as is their right. You know, if you've got the money spent, I know you're a big advocate of that. Yep. Don't don't argue about budget if you've got it, spend it. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's one of those, and and you put out the best team that your organisation can put out, and they've they've certainly they've spent well, and that's two really really solid top end goaltenders who have talked about their 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 three main guys there and, and a couple of D men, and Simon said they played together now, and that consistency and that gel, and you know that's really really important. To, to, uh, they've got a really good nucleus there; they don't have great depth, and as as the season goes on. We'll see how that translates into you know into their league position. But as far as they go right now, they're fit, they're healthy, they've got good goaltending, they're good at the back, very good in special teams. That's going to be one thing that they're it's going to stand in real good stead. You just can't take penalties against this team. But uh, to answer your question on the goaltend, very nice dynamic they've got there with the two of them. Says Carosi's a good goalie. Fullerton's you know decent, but Carosi's a really good goalie. Um, and I I mean I liked him last year when he played. Uh, I know he didn't play against us two weeks ago. Uh, Fullerton in Belfast. I was going to again, say, I'm sorry about in. I was going to say that's we've we've had a look at both of them. Now. It was Fullerton in Belfast, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. it was Fullerton in Belfast. I thought he did well that night. You know, um, that was the night it was on free sports, and I got to to watch a bit more of. And instead of having to follow the play, I got to watch a bit more of it. And um, I was going to say, uh, I, I got to watch the game. You don't watch the game when you're commentating. I watch the play. I don't <laughs> watch the rest of you know. Again, keep my eye on. I was, you know, watching guys who are maybe going to the bench and trying yeah. to change up, watching where they're on the power play. You're sort of, you know, you can you, uh, shut up, Pally. You can literally just watch <laughs> it a bit differently instead of concentrate on the puck itself. You cheeky. <laughs> but the uh, um, one thing I want to bring up, um, and I'm hoping Davy's going to rearrange the first goal for Murph on Saturday night and for the assist. Because I think it was well deserved. It was a it, it, Blair Riley stopped the puck coming out of the zone, come off a skate, went straight on to uh, Murph's stick, and uh, he got the first goal for the chance to tie things up on Sunday night. But Blair Riley in the last ten games has been outstanding. We had a brief chat about him last week. Um, you know, he's seventeen points in the last ten games. He's on a, a ten game scoring streak if he manages to pick up this point uh, from Sunday uh, afternoon. Um, but uh, you know, as I said. I don't like mentioning uh, the injuries itself uh, from the, the start of the season. Adam brought it up and said he did have a concussion um, from, uh, you know, two games into two training camp. Uh, and then he was out for more or less a month. Um, all the, David, the, we, we've had Victoria Silverwood on before. Um, and, you know, the importance of making sure that you're in the right place to come back from a concussion. Um, we obviously made sure that that, that was the case with Riley's. Uh, since he's come back, he started to find his feet. But, you know, being talked about and uh, with regards to not being cap material and not being, you know, not being the player he was last year, he was injured last year as well. He still turned up and he still ended up with, Joel's not here, I can't ask him about the points, but it, it was at least 60. I think it was 66 points last year. Uh, Davey might have a, um, you know, Joel stats there, so you can have a good look and let me know if that's correct or not. But, you know, that's more than a point of game than what he played last year. He's on target for, uh, I know, a point of game this year. But, um, you know, I thought I think he's been outstanding uh, in the last 10 games anyway. 
Davey? <laughs> what do you want to know, Paddy? Well, I think uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kitchen teed you up there for statistics regards to Blair Riley. Here, well, Blair Riley at the weekend passed Daryl Lloyd and in the 19th place all time for the Belfast Giants. You think about the number of players, over 200 players that pulled on the tail and the Finn McCool on their chest and worn it on their heart. Not very many have got the war of the sea. Like Blair Riley has only a handful, less than two handfuls for sure. And, you know, he's up already. And 147 games, 147 snooker. Uh, he's up the 19th already in all time, and at well over, you know, well over a point a game for the Belfast Giants. I'd say in the region of 1.1, 1.2 points per game for the Belfast Giants over the course two fighting majors. As someone who came in, who was going to be that hard nose mm-hmm. with a rep for that, he's one of those players that carries himself that he doesn't need to fight. Players don't want to fight him. And that's not really part of the game anymore. You know, if he needs to, he will. He, was it Guildford last year he went hat stand? Yeah. He did, uh, he went with uh, Jablowski uh, last year down the corner the right towards the end of the game. I think Collins was involved in that as well. So, um, you know, what's that? I'm on to, you know. So next on the list, the Belfast Batsuk, Chris Higgins sits in 18th. So that's one for, for Blair Riley to, to peg off this season. But, you know, a decent season here. You'd see Blair Riley just very, very quickly slip into the all-time top 10 of Belfast Giants in terms of points. And, you know, it wasn't that many weeks ago that, you know, Twitter was full of, is Blair Riley, you know, what have you done for me lately? That's a that's yeah. an old hockey thing, you know. What has he done for you lately? Simon's round a few stats off there. I've just done the last seven days before the weekend. Three plus three plus seven, three game winning goals in his, in his previous four games. And at the weekend, they had a handful of points on, on Friday night, points on Saturday night. And I say I've still to go back over the game tape for Sunday to, to, to if there's any game changes. And you know, Simon I think texts me on Sunday straight away and says Blair Riley's holding assist in that. So uh, you know, the streak will continue and, and so that's a fantastic October he's having. I know I had a bit of a tongue in cheek and said about, you know, they may clear some space in his mantelpiece, but I can't see anybody really at the minute challenging that player of the month award. I'm a stat man. <laughs> See, that's that's why that's see when Joe's not here, you've taken that mantle very well, David. Well done. Thanks, mate. <laughs> the highlights of this game aren't available yet, but keep an eye on kingdomofthegiants.com and at AVFTV on Twitter and like the Milton Keynes one. We'll throw them your way as soon as they come online. Um, before we move on to this week's interviews, whatever they may be, we'll talk about that in a second. You can you can of course. Uh, support what we do here by supporting our sponsors in beer52.com. Um, they are the UK's number one craft beer specialist and ordering service. They will deliver beer directly to your door if you're into your craft beers this month. Balkans, beers from Zagreb, Athens, beers from Sofia, some very nice stuff. I've, uh, I think our, the box that we got this month is already gone. Uh, but if you want to get that, the first box is, of course, free. And you can get that at beer52.com forward slash AVFTB. And, uh, and thanks to them for the support and to you guys. I know some of the guys have been throwing up pictures of the boxes arriving on Twitter and the like. So thanks to everybody who's uh, supported a view from the bridge by supporting our sponsors in Beer 52. Uh, right, interviews from training. Today's Monday. Uh, it says it's going down to, to, to interview the guys on Tuesday. So we don't know who it's going to be, so I'm going to have a guess. Davey, have a guess. Who's going? To, who's the next voice we're going to hear? Oh, 
who says going to interview first on Tuesday morning at training. The Bish. No, the, we did the Bish last week. We did um, Lewis Hook, Lewis after Hook. coming off the weekend about uh, Milton Keynes Lightning. That's yeah, the, right. captain, the captain, Captain Hook. And the man, and the man who's the man who's actually in control of this. Who are you going to interview first? Tomorrow says. Um, I actually don't know yet, mate. Um, have a it guess. Sort of depends. Have a guess. Um, well, it's not going to be Lewis Hook because that means they will be right. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm going to try and grab a hold of Patrick Dwyer because I'm led to believe he's going to be on the ice again tomorrow. Okay, well let's yeah, see. You, you, you also oh. got to grab the man. So you have to grab the man with the missing chicklets. We really, after all his goals at the weekend, there and the... Okay, boss. <laughs> well, let's see. Is it going to be Patrick Dwyer? Is it going to be David Rutherford? Is it going to be Lewis Hook? What voice is it going to be? Let's find out. Jim, uh, can we chat about uh, the weekend? Three and three is always tough. Um, coming out with four points is uh, was, were the guys happy with that, um, or do you think you deserve more? Well, I wouldn't say they're happy with it. You know, they'll they'll take the we'll take the four points, but uh, you know, to lose a game. Uh, in Guildford, basically on special teams, you know, it's something that, um, as a group, we want to make sure, you know, we're really good on our special teams, and but that's not going to be the difference of us uh, losing the games. You know, we want we want our special teams to win us games, but definitely not lose it. The two games against Milton Keynes, um, you had success about them, or, or with them, sorry, two weeks ago. Um, I'm picking up those four points there. It wasn't all plain sailing, and obviously that five-minute major for them at the end of Friday night um, killed that game off too. Yeah, you know that's that's uh, the situations I was talking about. You know, it's uh, you know our power play. Um, I can't remember exactly. I think it was either our first or our second power play of the whole game, and for us to. You know, take advantage and score uh, three goals on it was was huge for for our, our confidence on the on the power play. And um, you know, when a guy gets hit like that, uh, you want to make sure you bury your team. The three and three, as I say, is always tough. You've got two big games this weekend: Manchester and Nottingham, both away again. It's you're obviously you know starting out this road trip. Um, it, it does help build uh, confidence, especially when you're winning. But it also helps build camaraderie as well. Oh, for sure. You know, this is, uh, we're going on a stretch here, I think 10 games on the road uh, in a row. So, um, to get off to a good start, uh, it's exactly what we want to do. And hopefully, you know, next weekend, uh, we can keep it going. Can I ask about your uh, injury situation? What's the uh, latest for yourself? Uh, just wait and see. It's, it's kind of, I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, but it's, uh, uh, it's, it's coming along. I'm uh, going to be skating this week and see how old and sick feels. So. Uh, Shedzy, how, firstly, how's your injury coming along? Um, obviously, uh, being about the rank again, and, and you can see you're getting a bit frustrated not being on the ice um, with the guys last week and the week before. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's just taking a little bit longer than you know. I, I don't think really had any timeline as I said before, but it's taking a little bit longer than we sort of expected, and uh, still having some trouble with the with the muscles in and around the eye there, and with my peripheral vision. So it's a matter of one of those things. We just have to sort of. Um, keep trying to rest it and, and not do too much and make sure it's uh, fully recovered before it can get back on the ice. You've got to watch uh, quite a bit of hockey, obviously, due webcast, and unfortunately I'm not on them, so you know, you've know you had to listen to a few other accents. Um, but uh, how do you think the guys did at the weekend? Obviously two games against Milton Keynes, uh, picking up those four points uh, in MK and then leading on to the Guilford game and no webcast. 
Yeah, I mean, it's obviously tough when you're playing three games away from home in a row like that on a weekend. And I thought, you know, being down a couple of bodies, the guys did really well. And I was managed to watch the first two games and, and good to get, you know, some more goals and, and guys clicking and playing well. So, uh, but Guildford's a tough place to play and they've got a good power play. And from, from what I heard from the guys and, uh, and, you know, they had three power play goals. It's always tough to, to come back from that. And, uh, you know, but we'll be hoping to refocus and practice this week and, and have a good week going into the big games this weekend. Where we're sitting in the league right now, um, compared to just over two weeks ago, um, obviously it's, it's definitely a positive. Eight wins out of the last nine games. Um, I know you, there's, there's usually targets set in groups of five matches, um, but I'm sure the guys must be happy picking up 14 out of 16 possible points. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the great little run the guys put together there and, and, uh, you know, guys are really starting to click offensively and you could see that and get some confidence and, and, uh, you know, Besco was playing great in that for, the, for that run too. So, um, you know, it's good to see and hopefully we can continue that and build on that with, uh, some tougher games coming up. Time for the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And we're going to start with a man back in Nets, a man who's become very popular in the time he's been with the Giants. And he got a bit irate uh, over the over the weekend, especially at Milton Keynes. We'll come to that. We're delighted to be joined by Tyler Beskarowani. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, great, mate. Great. Uh, reflection on the weekend. Obviously, you know, two great wins in Milton Keynes and then that, that eight game, game winning streak snapped by Guilford in what was a tight game. What did you think? Yeah, um, I think it was a good weekend for everybody. Um, just the fact to go into Milton Keynes and, and, uh, you know, really dominate there. And then even, even going into Guilford with, uh, having a three and three and they were, they were, they hadn't played a game since last Sunday. So they were fresh and, uh, we were a little tired, but I thought we we held our own. We were relentless on on pucks all game, um, and I think that game could have gone either way. So uh, it just goes to show that you know we're the guys are showing up for each and every game, whether it's a three and three, and and uh, you know it doesn't matter the situation or who we're playing against. It's uh, it, it's just nice to see. It's a nice atmosphere to be a part of. When you're on a winning streak like that and you've got eight games and then you suffer a setback, you know, what, what's confidence like in the room? Uh, confidence is high. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, like I said, uh, that game against Guilford could have gone either way. Um, no one's, no one's heads down after that game. Um, and honestly, I didn't even realize we were on a winning streak. <clears throat> we were just, we were just having so much fun. It was, it's, it's literally a, a game in, game out type of mentality with this team. And so, uh, we don't really look forward. It's, it's here in the now type of thing and, um, one game at a time mentality. So it's, uh, you know, it, to, to say that we have a setback. No, I don't see that at all. I think we're going to come out next game and, and, you know, just be, be just as good and, have the same mentality in the room and the same mentality leading up to the next game as we, we have had this past uh, winning streak. Best goals, catchy here. Your demeanor with regards to playing hockey is something that I haven't seen from a goal time. You always seem so relaxed. I mean, I was watching, um, there was a part of the game on Friday night uh, on the webcast and you were sort of dancing in the net while, you know, face-offs are about to take place. Um, and, and just so relaxed. Whereas other goalies are, you know, they're they're in their seems as if they're in the zone. They don't like um, talking to anybody. And, and uh, obviously, that's you know, that's your way of doing it. Is that? I mean, obviously, from a personal point of view, how do you get so calm and so um, as if you're? It's no big deal because it's. I think it's just fantastic. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and you know, I think you, you hit it on the, hit the nail on the head there. And to me, it's, it, it, I, I take it seriously. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's, it's a game, right? It's, it's something that every hockey player grew up with a passion and, and loved playing. And I just, you know, me, me coming through pro hockey and stuff, I think it took it. I, well, I didn't have a choice, but to take it seriously in, in the AHL and stuff in, in North America. But I mean, out here, it's it, it's fun. There's there's not a whole lot of stress. Um, you know, one of the bigger stresses from North America is you never know where you're going to be every week, right? You could be called up, sent down, um, sitting on the bench for ten games. And out here, it's it's a lot different. Where you're you're here, you're playing. You know, you, you go out and you have fun. It's a fun game, right? And in the end, it is just a game, but um, it's a job at the same time, I guess. But for me, it's it's a game. Best coach, Davey, um, I'm, the, I'm the numbers guy here, the bit of the, the stats nerd on this podcast. And sort of since you came back from from injury, there, you know, you're in the layoff, you're, you're running about 947. Um just getting comfortable into this setting settling into the season well you know you're better numbers than I could ever have imagined you'd be you'd be hoping for yeah you and I both um <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the best start of my career um you know it's uh I, I think it's just coming down to putting the time and effort in and and preparing the right way and and you know uh working hard in the gym every week and and working hard on the ice and practices and um, obviously, I have I have a good team in front of me as well that uh, <clears throat> they do block a lot of shots, which is obviously helps me out a lot. But um, you know, I'm just making the saves when I have to, and and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard work, I guess, is is the key to all of this. What is you know, come back to what um, what Sis was saying there about having that control and having that sort of that relaxed person on the ice. Let's let's take you to the first MK game on, on Friday and that incident with Cole Shudra. We've got a few questions on Twitter about it, Kirsten asking, Rosie asking, you know, what was the breaking point and uh, what did you think? Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I had a little bit of a, a freak out. Well, not a freak out, but um, I just saw a guy go through one of our guys and it was a dirty hit and um, uh, the rest of our team was a little more focused on the puck and, and not really the hit. So I took matters in my own hands and, you know, I, I let him know how I felt about it. And, um, yeah, um, I don't know. It, you know, if we're, we're a team, right? If, if somebody would have ran into me, Kendo would have been the first guy there to, you know, to, to take him out or, or to, to do something. Right. So, um, it doesn't matter if, if just because I'm a goalie doesn't mean that I can't go and, and have my, my teammates backs when, when something like that does happen. So, you know, I just felt like it was, it was the proper time to do it. Best school, there's just one coming off, um, Twitter here from Keith Conway. After the three games back to back to back, um, do you prepare differently for that? Obviously, you know, you're, uh, I don't know if Adam tells you before the Friday that you're playing all three. Or um, and obviously you're a very capable guy. Um, if you you know if you if you are taking the night off and Stephen Murphy, but do you prepare differently uh, for each of those games? Uh, no, I, I think I prepare the same way. Uh, me and Kiefer have we've had chats uh, throughout the week and uh, and the weekend and stuff. Um, I, 
I guess two weeks ago before we had our, our six games and eight nights or whatever it was, uh, we sat down and kind of made a, a game plan on what, what was going to happen and which games I was going to get into and, and which games I wasn't. And um, I, I told them I wasn't actually supposed to play the second game against Milton Keynes at home. And I just told him, like, I didn't have much of a workload the first game against Milton Keynes at home. And I said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm ready to go tomorrow. I'm not sore. I'm, I'm, I'm in game shape and I'm, I'm ready to go. So I said, all right. And then I ended up playing and we ended up getting a, a big enough lead where, you know, we, we, uh, he, he felt like I probably could have used a bit of a break, which, um, having, uh, I believe it was a three and three as well. Um, having that anyways, it was, uh, it was probably a little needed and, and be smart about it too, right? Like it's, if, if we're up a big, big number seven, one or whatever it was at the time, and there's not a whole lot of point at that point for me to, to try to finish out the game, even though it was a shutout and everything. I, you know, it's, there, there's bigger matters than, than my stats. And I think that's just being, being ready for, for the next game at that point. So um, and this week again, we we chatted the, after the Milton Keynes. I felt same thing. I felt comfortable enough to say, "Yeah, I'm I'm ready to play tomorrow, and and I'll be ready to play on Sunday as well." So it was uh, we we have a good communication, Kiefer and I, with with that kind of stuff. And he's pretty open to you know giving me the rest that I need if if I need to take a drill off in practice or or whatever it might be. You know we we have a pretty good understanding on on what i need to 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 be to be able to perform at my highest level Vesco, um just talking about that little team within a team you know yourself and, and murph and deco how's that dynamic working out for you it must be very comforting for you like you're just saying there you've got three and three you're maybe feeling a bit tired after game two that you've got Stephen murphy to walk on the ice if needs be yeah um I think I think Murph did did a really good job in my absence my absence I guess um, at the well the last couple of weeks um, I, I'm comfortable in him everybody's comfortable and confident in him playing games for us uh, when when he needs to to step in and play um, you know we, the we went on a bit of a losing streak but I don't think there there I can count on you know I can even maybe two goals that he'd want back if that. Um, the rest of it was all breakdowns where, um, you know, we either uh, a, a rebound goal or a two on one off man rush and stuff like that, where, um, you know, we, it, it probably would have gone in on me as well. So, um, you know, he was, he wasn't to blame at all for, for anything that had happened. And, um, so no, I think everybody has confidence in, in Murph to, to step in when need be. And Dicko, have you ever had a better teammate than Andre Dicko? <laughs> Dicko is uh, no, he he's the perfect example of why people say goalies are weird. Let's put it that way. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's something else. But no, he's he's awesome in the room. He's he's great to have around the guys. He you know he he keeps everything. Uh, he keeps it light in the room and and uh jokes around with everybody and stuff and he doesn't take much too too seriously which is good except for practices he i think he uh he might have the most stick stick smashes on the team this year so um you know he is he's competitive he wants to get better every day i think he's one of the first guys out and, and helping guys when they want to go take shots on a goalie so 
um, you know, he's, he's a really good, really good teammate to have, uh, Murph as well, you know, like he's low key laid back, easy to get along with. Um, you know, it's, we, we have a pretty good, pretty good duo or tandem, I guess, with, with myself, Murph and Dicko. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really working out. Taking a couple more from, from Twitter, uh, Jordan Wilson asks, you know, what goaltender did you watch growing up that made you want to be a goalie and do you base a game on them? Um, I, my my old neighbor used to be a goalie when I was really young um, and I kind of grew up idolizing him at a young age and then so that he kind of showed me the ropes a little bit to become a goalie. Uh, once I started playing a little more, um, you know, I, I really, really looked at someone like Marty Brodeur, his, just the way he approaches a game, you know, he has fun. He, he jokes around, but at the same time, he takes it very seriously, right? He, he's always in the zone. He's, he's concentrated at all times. And, but he, at, at the same time, he has fun with it. So that was, that was really somebody that I, I tried to, you know, mold my game around, I guess you can say for, for that aspect of it. What are your thoughts on Tom Brasso coming in at Sheffield? There's a Vezina Trophy winner, a, a well-known NHL goalie. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Tommy Brasso, I used to watch him play when he was in Pittsburgh, and he was kind of a big deal at the time. So um, it's uh, you know it, it's it's fun to see fun to see goalies step in as coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it, they kind like of Patrick Wah. Well, yeah, he's he's another. <laughs> <laughs> Another special guy, I guess you could call him. But no, it's the uh, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. For for a goalie uh, to step in as a coach, you see the game. So, but most most players, you gotta most players might not respect respect a goalie co- a goalie as a head coach to begin with, just because um, you know they didn't play the position or whatever it might be. But we get the game. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're. If you're a goalie or a D-man or a forward, you still see the game. In fact, as a goalie, you see more of the game. You're almost a quarterback out there. Um, kind of like a, I always come back to the, the example as a, a catcher, as a, a baseball manager. You know, they, they're probably three-quarters of catchers become baseball managers at some point in time just because they see the game. They, they you know, they get the pitching, they get the pitchers, they get the batters and everything, which is kind of the same thing with me, right? Yeah. Um, or, or for brass, for example, you see the PK in front of you, you, you work with it, you see the power play that runs, like what works and you see the breakdowns, you see the, you know, the systems and everything. So just because we are goalies, it doesn't mean that we can't, we can't be good coaches, right? You've spent, um, just over two months now in Belfast. Um, how are you finding it? Obviously, uh, you got a bit of experience driving the right side of the road, uh, <laughs> or left side of the road, I should say, when you were in Edinburgh last year. But um, how are you finding uh, the uh, Northern Ireland people? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, it, it, they they make it really warm to go downtown, and you can you can chat with pretty much anybody and and feel comfortable and not not be worried about <coughs> walking downtown at night, for example, or stuff like that. Um, no, it's uh, and I think it goes to show with the fans as well, right? Like you see, you just see how how much they enjoy it and how how easy to get along they all are. So it's, it's really easy out here. Um, you, I was just about to come into that part of it regarding the fans. You've seen in, in such a short space of time, you've turned into a, a cult hero for Boomerang Corner. 
Um, there's quite a few people on Twitter that are asking what it's like to to have them chanting your name after every single game, um, and obviously giving the, their, their back in uh, during the game as well. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool having having uh, you know the, the the fan base that that comes with the Belfast Giants and. You know, like you said, the cult that I've I've made since the short time that I've been here. There's a lot of Beskwani jerseys out there now that uh, uh, is pretty cool to see. And, and you know, getting getting this here, the the Besco chance from the Boomerang Corner and, and the crowd really, um, it, it's really fun to be a part of. Um, you know, and and I I feed off of that. I think everybody feeds off of that when when the fans are yelling and chanting. Like it's it's um, you know it, it just helps us that much more. There's a lot of uh, Beskomaniacs out there, and it's become a real cult thing. Uh, one last question before we let you go. Obviously, um, over the summer, we've spoken about your aspirations and stuff. Of course, your aspirations to return to the DEL. Do you feel that that sort of, that sort of progress is still in going? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I haven't really haven't really thought about what's what next year has in store for me yet. Uh, a little early for that still, but um, you know, obviously, I I do want to play at the highest level possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, it has to be the right fit. I I'm not going to leave Belfast just for for any you know any team that's just because they're in the Dell. You know, it has to be has to be a good situation. Has to be um, you know everything has to be right for for the timing and stuff. So. Um, but no, Belfast is, it's a really good spot. I think it's probably, uh, I would say it's the best spot in this league for sure. Um, with every, everything included with the city, with the arena, with the fans, with the travel and stuff, um, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier to show up and want to show up and come back and, and play for this team in this city. And with that, I know I said that was the last question, but this definitely is. You've got, obviously, you're in the cusp of what is a long road stretch. You've got Manchester and Nottingham this weekend. You've got three and three again the following weekend. And that's not to mention the Continental Cup around the corner. You know, um, maintaining that momentum, maintaining that drive and focus, is it a difficult thing to do? Um, not really. Uh, like I said, it... it we take everything game by game. Um, we're not really right now. We're not really focusing on the continental cup and whatnot. It'll be fun for sure. Uh, and I think everybody's looking forward to playing them in the continental cup and, and facing, you know, other teams that are, that are in maybe a higher level, like Zagreb, for example. Uh, you know, I know, I know I'm, I've circled that one on my calendar already. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking, looking forward to that, but, um, no, it, it's not too, too tough to get up for, uh, you know, every game this, in this league counts for something, right? Whether it's, uh, a game in September or a game in, in March, it's, uh, the way the, the way this, the system works and the table works and everything, it's, uh, every game matters. So everybody gets up for every day and every game. So it's, uh, it, it keeps it interesting, I guess, where every game is a playoff game. And uh, it makes the hockey that much better. Well, thanks to everybody out there on Twitter who sent their, sent their tweets and sent their questions in and hashtag TFA. And Tyler Beskarwani, thank you very much for your time. No worries. Thanks, guys. Take 22. This is Jason Taff-Ellery. Listening to... Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
T26, this is Jason Taff Ellery. Listen to A View from the Bridge, the best podcast in the Elite League. Thanks to Tyler Beskarowani for that as well. Um, around the league, that's a few, a few quick ones. We'll start with another one that involves this. Undops. Yeah, 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 along in the background. We've not had the Seth one in a while, so I thought... Yeah, me and my mate Seth. <laughs> After what he called Seth, them last week. Seth's all right. He's well, the, the one that we're going to deal with here is the uh, one-game suspension that's already been served, but it's one-game suspension to uh, the Nottingham Panthers coach, Rich Shurnamas, who was not not the best pleased with uh, the, the officials in his side. What was the final score in that game? That was Saturday, wasn't it? Uh, they lost 7-5. It's the 7-5 defeat to the Five Flyers. Um, the video became online. Uh, there was a gift made, and uh, you can find that in the view from the bridge of Shurnamaz taking a stick, snapping it, and throwing it on the ice. Uh, some people might say, David, that he got off lately. I think, in comparison to, uh, um, you can never compare apples with apples in, in terms of stops because. They, they try to judge each thing on its individual merits. You know, I know people have cast up about, I think it was Pash got two games for throwing um, two water <clears throat> a water bottle or two yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, I think Ed Courtney got a couple of games. He threw a hockey stick once as well. He threw more than one. <laughs> he certainly did. And I think it was Gampton last year. Throwing, a, know, throwing his glove in the air. Might have given a little uh, finger salute. But then, of course, Chernomaz gave two one-finger salutes. So um, I think he's done very, very well, very, very well to, to only receive a one-game ban. Very, very fortunate. What, what do you think about the fine, David? Thousand pounds. Fine, fine. That's a hefty old fine. I'm sure Neil Black is not pleased about that. Depending on who has to pay that themselves, you know. Um, has that just been brought in this season? Is it a thousand pounds for oh, the no. first? First, That's you know, I know there was. A, I know there, there. There certainly was a fine. Um, list, you know, first defence, second defence, third defence, and all definitely issued by the EIHL. Have to look at it. You know, that was definitely part of DOPS last year for their social media. Um, term time in terms of social media, you know, if you, you if you did something social media, it was a whatever two hundred fifty pound fine, second defence, five hundred, third defence, thousand pounds, something like that. You know, so I, I don't. This is the first that I can remember a, a, a monetary. Sanction along with a adopts thing, so thousand pound is pretty hefty. But as I see, I see that uh, got a GoFundMe page and they've they've started very well. Another nine hundred fifty five pound, and they'll, they'll be at their target. <laughs> the, uh, one, of the, one of the other ones uh, says was, uh, of course, Jay Rosehill, who was suspended after coming off the ice in Sheffield and hitting the curtain with his stick. You know, your thoughts? Did he get off light? I think he got off very lightly. Um, you know, we we talked about a few incidents there. Obviously, the one from our good friend uh, Omar Pasha getting two games on water. 
So um, you know, to get one with a um, with a the stick being thrown on it. Did, did I read somewhere that there were, apparently there was a couple of Fife fans complaining because part of the stick went up into the crowd? No, I did not. Now, that, that might be something that well, it was definitely on Twitter, but that might be something to do with there's still no glass behind the uh, uh, the benches there and and, uh, and five. So you know you can't really you know that that there certainly is, needs there, to be enclosed. There, there is plexi, but it but it doesn't actually cover anything. It only comes up about the like waist height. It's ridiculous. They 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 they, they passed it on a technicality by sticking really short plexi in there. Yeah, well, again, it's the but most important just, thing is making. Sh- sorry. So just just to interrupt you, is there something to be said about Sharon Mas's passion? Like we can all say, you know, he's got away lightly and blah blah blah. But you know, we've talked, God knows how many times about certain aspects and characters in the game not being there. And then when when a, when a when a a coach shows passion, shows a bit of drive, shows a bit of not violence, but a bit of passion, and throws sticks on the ice, that's entertaining, isn't it? I, I thought, you know what, uh, it's a very good point. Um, I love that. I love the coach. You know, we, basically, he's only here. What? Eight, ten weeks uh, in the IHL, and and you know he's basically trying to stick up for what he's believing. I'm assuming uh, from what I've, I've picked up on uh, social media uh, that he was complaining about um, refereeing decisions. Now we all know that there's a uh, you know the, the, we talked about Darnell, uh, sorry not Darnell, um, Dan the Alton last week, um, and you know he was basically giving us a view with regards to you know. Um, Everybody's got jobs to go to, so it is still semi-professional. Uh, they do get paid for it uh, for officiating games, so but it is still semi-professional. So we don't have professional referees who are just you know living and breathing um, being officials in the elite league. And until that happens, you know you've got to put up with the guys who, who do their best. I'm not going to you know slag them off. Davies mentioned on numerous occasions they're part of the furniture. They need to be there, um, but. There is some strange calls that are made um, regularly above the the uh, English border than uh, than maybe elsewhere. Um, so uh, you know, from reading again on social media, that's what the uh, the complaint was from uh, Coach Chernomas. But I, you know, you've got to admire his passion. It's not open to say something positive about Nottingham. But you know, what's that? Do you know what? Paddy sent that video on our little WhatsApp group, and I turned it into a gif and gif of him, you know. <laughs> he was going mental, like smashing the lumber off the, the off the the half wall, you know. And I tweeted that, and I tagged Toby Craig in it without even checking the game sheet. I just knew there was only one ref could wind up. Was he on? It was Toby Craig, <laughs> and I didn't even check the game sheet till after I posted it. Had to be. I was just, I was unsurprised. It was, but the, and good, good for Toby. Like he retweeted or liked it or something. You know, you know, he's. He's a good lad. These guys don't go out there to wind people up or to make mistakes. They, they go out there with the very best intentions to help make the game happen because without them, the game doesn't happen. So, you know, fair play. Yes, I agree with Paddy. You like to see a bit of passion from your coach. I like to see other coaches going absolutely mental. There was, there was a, on the highlights from Fife, there was an, um, for a, of a shot that came in. It was an absolute, it was a rocket, uh, bar down, great finish. Um, and the uh, one of the goals, I can't remember, it was uh, their one of their games at the weekend. I think it was that Nottingham game, but uh, you know, thoroughly again, Fife, you know, they've been in that they obviously got the game on Friday night, sorry, Saturday night against Nottingham, um, big win, and then they go down and get a lesson, uh, down in Cardiff. But Fife have certainly got to be, you know, talked about. They, they were on a brilliant run as well, they beat us twice in a row, mm-hmm. and and uh, 
you know, they, they've got some really, really good players and obviously some really good goaltending until last night uh, when uh, Cardiff ripped them, a, ripped them a new one. Well, let's, I'll come to that in a second. We'll stick with Nottingham briefly. Is the fact that they do sit top of the Elite League, uh, 18 points from 15 games, but it was a bit of a rough weekend for them. They lost in Glasgow on Friday night, 6-3. They went on to that game in Fife and lost 7-5. That got, and then with, with Shurnham as suspended, they actually took a 2-1 overtime win over the Dundee Stars. So picking up two points from six in the weekend says... But they still remain top. But that's a, that's a rough road trip. It also shows that despite the fact that Nottingham, they seem to be a bit, you know, home and away, Jekyll and Hyde sort of team. But going to Scotland isn't going to be an easy prospect for many teams. Adam's talked about it on numerous occasions in the last couple. There is not an easy game. There this season, you know, it's this most. It, it's the most. I don't want to say competitive, uh, because it is. There's going to be teams that tail away. Uh, it happens all the time. But, you know, if you look through, we've beat Milton Keynes four times. Milton Keynes have beat Nottingham. They pushed uh, Cardiff close to beat Sheffield. And all fairness, everybody's beat Sheffield at the moment. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there is some Dundee. You know, I can't believe Dundee only had one game, one win in regulation. Uh, that's according to the stats of the, the, the legacy you know, on Saturday night. They've only got one win. And you know, Dundee are Dundee are a good team. Yeah. They're a really good team. Um and then again you've, you've got Comedy who are picking up wins, you've got Manchester who uh beat who did they beat on Friday on Saturday night and then they were beating Sheffield on Sunday by the Steelers. Um, uh, you know, so Dundee beat Glasgow on Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, there's everybody's gonna beat everybody in this league this year. Cardiff, you know, they seem to be rolling along, just uh nobody's not very many people are talking about it because they're not sitting on top of the league at the minute, but Cardiff seems to be the team that everybody's still going to be chasing this year. Well, that's it. Let's go on to that, David. Cardiff are fourth, nine games, 16 points. So they've played the, the fewest number of games alongside the Coventry Blaze, but they seem to be ticking along very nicely. They are in the middle of a of a winning streak themselves in, in league competition. And they were able to take a 7-1 win over the Sheffield Steelers and then a 7-2 win over the Five Flyers over the weekend. In that game against Sheffield, Jackson Whistle, who was pulled from the game early at the in the um, Sheffield Arena, was put by, by uh, Paul Thompson and cited for flu, was pulled from the game early on Saturday as well. The stat came up on Twitter. For, I'll give uh, Gareth Barton his dues. He said, Jackson Whistle started two games versus Cardiff Devils this season, played a total of 14 minutes and 45 seconds, faced 14 shots and conceded six goals. Hashtag rubberology. We're not going to revel in uh, we're not going to revel in Jackson Whistle in regards to that because he, he did get the win the following night. But for Cardiff, you know, that's 14, in two games, 14, 14 goals scored and three goals conceded against, well, five who are riding high in the league and, and beating a lot of teams. And Sheffield, okay, well, you can say what you like about Sheffield, but they, they still have, should have the firepower to, to, to give them a challenge. Free scoring, mean at the back, good goal team, and massive size. They've always got good size, and, you know, they are going to be, again, the team to beat. I've seen you having a little row on on Twitter there with the wild thing earlier on about, you know, their their team, despite three or four of them having to work on the checkouts at Little. It's tough for them, mate, mate, listen, these lads need to get a living. It's tough for them. You know, they're having to work part-time. Some are doing doing the double. 
made on the Barney Rubble, you know. But look, I've seen one Joey Martin finishes an absolute worldie that we saw us pass Blackstick Bang, and he goes in the second all time. I can't remember who I've seen Franny putting on who he passed in second place. Um, but you know, only Big Max uh, up at the top of the IHL standings for Cardiff now, and you know, Joey Martin has been phenomenal for them since he came in. They've got just got they've just got really good balance from back to front to transition well. Um, John Donovan, if, if you if you're listening out there and you don't follow John Donovan, give John a follow because one hundred percent really really massive massive sense about the games and, and and breaks little bits of play down in tweets during the game. Fantastic guy to to have a chat to, but just follow his Twitter to, if you want to learn a bit about Cardiff Devils hockey. And you know, for me, uh, we have games coming up against Cardiff in the not too distant future. Here, they're going to be good benchmarks of where we're at as a team, uh, as well as where they're at as a team. They're still trying to completely, I suppose, settle down their their game night roster because they've got those extra bodies as well. And they're just trying to find out exactly what their best lineup is and. You know, it takes a few weeks to settle that down, and then sometimes the healthy scratch becomes more more often than not the same guy. And as they as they try to settle into a rhythm, and you know, Andrew Lord doing it again down there. Let's let's be honest; he's got money to spend, but he's spent it wisely. You can only we talked earlier in the show, Paddy. If you've got the budget, you spend it to the best of your ability, and they're spending their budget wisely. And you know, they're competitive; they've been competitive for three or four years now since the move to that. Uh, I was actually surprised to see their stats in the, in the uh, Ice Arena Wales weren't as good as I thought it would have been. But, mm. um, you know, moving there, I've seen on Sunday there, that was the first time they moved the game to four o'clock and they got a lot of kudos for that, a lot more families in. And, uh, you know, things are things are good down in Cardiff there at the minute. Their their stats are are frightening, as you say. The amount of goals they banged in there, the, the, the least number of goals in the league conceded as well. And you know, they're going to take a lot of beating the game this season. Says. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, I watched them. I watched the game uh, against uh, Fife yesterday for the first and second period. After that, it was a you know the game was over. Fife, were, I think they scored four goals in about six minutes towards the end of the second period. Um, yes, you know it's, it's difficult to you know Nottingham and uh, the Fife game obviously took a lot out of Fife on Saturday night, um, and that's a long trip on the bus down to South Wales for the. Uh, their four four pm face off as I say so you know they did look a bit tired Shane Owen didn't uh, have the best game in the world uh, but you know there's some they do have some really good players in, in Cardiff again this year uh, I think they're um, they're going to be you know they're going to be tough this they've got a the guy Long Day uh, is a great playmaker um, you know he, he sees the ice really really well uh, and I like the other guy heading which they've brought in. Ben Blood, the back, he had a bit of a scrap um, on uh, Saturday night um, against Sheffield. Uh, him and De La Rosa, I think it was, or De La Rosa, there's a De La Rover, Rover, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the additions they've made this year, with the exception, um, I don't think Ben Blood's anywhere near the quality of uh, Andrew Hotham. Um, but, with the you know the the ones that they have brought in this year definitely upgrades than what they had last year. So uh, Cardiff will be the team to catch. Um, they're the 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 team that that's going to um, for me they're they're the ones that the Giants have got to beat this year. If the Giants finish above Cardiff, they'll win the league. I'm gonna. I was gonna move on. I was so close to moving on, but I have to talk about Sheffield Steelers because you know they took that seven-one tanking. But Wiss got the win the following night, Davey. 
Yeah, proving he's not the sieve that everybody has been saying that he is, you know. But you, you look at the interview with Ryan Finnerty afterwards, and Finner more or less lambasts that, yeah, the Sheffield Steelers won, but we didn't put in any kind of, you know, weren't at the races at all. <coughs> turned up not ready to play. Very strange interview from Finner. Um, they turned up ready, not ready to play, and it just didn't improve the whole night. Yes, Sheffield had to put them away, and that helped Sheffield, you know, that they're off the bottom. They've started to climb the ladder already, and that. You know, Tom Barrasso's came in there. He's, it's going to take him a while to get his systems into play for everybody to buy into what he's trying to do. You know, he's came from the show and, and he knows what he's talking about. You know, okay, he's been in Italy and obviously being handsomely rewarded. We seem to be talking about money an awful lot tonight. And it's not about the money, man. Not about it's the money. It's not about show me the money. I, I seen There's uh, your title. Paul Wester Dale's uh, article in the Sheffield Star today where he's saying, you know, Tom Barrasso's here, and it's not for the money, it's for the love of the game, but he's the highest paid coach in, in Sheffield Steelers history. Um, so, and a, a nice one-liner from Paul to start his piece, as always. But, um, you know, somebody else said, the, the league needs a strong Sheffield Steelers. I don't concur with that. You know, it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's cyclical as well. The Steelers are, are going through a bit of pain at the minute. People that really hounded Paul Thompson out of the club now are, are getting exactly what they wanted. You know, it's going to take time for any new coach to come in and change things around. So we'll just have to keep our eye on that. A win's a win. And when you're down there and we knew what it was like a few weeks ago, when you're down there and you're struggling, any win's a win, you know. Looking at the league table, um, an interesting one was the Sheffield Steelers have eight points, and that's from four wins. So eight points from winning, while the Dundee Stars have seven points from losing. It's a... Uh... Just need another one just yeah. to get that right up there. Well, listen, we'll move on. Um, two games this coming weekend, games four and five of this road swing, before we, let's say, before we get back for the Continental Cup in a couple of weeks. They are the Belfast Giants' first trip to Altrincham to take on the Manchester Storm, and then they'll go down the road to face the Nottingham Panthers on Sunday. Let's, uh, let's start with a chat, had a chat earlier on with one of the commentators from the Manchester Storm TV. Uh, about the the ongoings in Manchester and how they're getting on this season. That is Mr. Stephen Packer. Mr. Stephen Packer, how are you? Very well, thanks, Paddy. Not too bad of yourself. Yeah, good, mate, good. The, the Manchester Storm, interesting start to the season. Quite a few new faces in there, but let's let's look at your form to begin with. At home, very, very strong. You have quite a bit of a winning streak at home, but a bit of a stumble last weekend away to the Sheffield Steelers. Yeah, on a bit of a roll at home after a little bit of a slow start. Uh, even at home, we struggled a little bit, had a lot of early season injuries. And as you said, I've got new faces, got a new line combination. But, you know, it's like we're always pretty pretty tough to beat at home on that small rink at Altrincham. What about these new faces? Obviously, there's, there's some guys that have come back. I'm looking at the likes of Auger, I'm looking at the likes of Luke Moffat and you know, Dan Byers. You know, but also, you've brought in the likes of Poulin at the back. Okay, he's had his issues. Roops, Springer is back again. Riley Stadel coming in from Dundee seems to be playing really well. Yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've recruited quite a, a few new younger defensemen this year. Something that really excites me in the offseason. Um, I've been absolutely gutted the likes of Felix uh, has had to sit out. Um, hopefully, she'll be back in the next few weeks, fingers crossed. Um, up coming in, you know, coming with a, quite a, a young guy. Uh, I think he, he almost got close to cracking uh, a shot at the NHL, but not quite. And then coming over, he's a big guy, really physical defenseman, um, exciting to watch. One of the guys that I quite like watching, just takes care of his own business, his own end, and really suited to uh, along the boards in Old England as well. Um, and to say the familiar faces coming back, 
they, they picked up where they left off last year. I think it's fair to say a few of the newer guys, especially the forwards, took their time to get going. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, the secondary of scoring of the Storm has, has really exploded, which is, which is good to see. It's the second year under the stewardship of Ryan Finnerty. Uh, has the has the lineup changed, or the, the look or the style of the team changed in that in those two seasons? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's pretty clear that the game plan that uh, Ryan Finnerty has, especially at home, um, he's, we're always going to play that, be aggressive on our own eyes, play that that heavy aggressive forward check, and, and you know, chuck that puck in down to down to the offensive zone. And, and try and chase it down and win it back. Um, and, you know, it's, I think away from home, we're perhaps looking to try and get a bit more, um, offense. I say once again, that secondary, the, the likes of Richardson, he's, he's a, he's a small guy. He's, he's really quite stocky though, and he's really, really skillful. I mean, I think hopes are he might be, uh, the likes of another Mike Hammond. Looking at Nets, Matt Ginn, obviously, is, is obviously new to the storm. Uh, this season you did the Elite League, but also you've got Harry Passel, who obviously is no mm. stranger to the Elite League. Is, it, is that working as a tandem, or is Ginn the clear number one? Ginn's uh, Kin, been the clear number one. He's been absolutely outstanding. I, I hope I've not put the, the curse on him. I hope you have. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's been lights out. Um, there was a few question marks when he came over the only ice about six or seven times last year. So coming off the back of uh, hip, hip surgery and a lot of net miners have to. Uh, and he was highly touted when he was junior, junior days. I mean, I was looking over his draft eligible year and he was, he was rated higher than the likes of, uh, Matt Murray, of course, now at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a small goalie, really aggressive. I like to be on the edge of the challenge shooter, a great glove hand, and he's so quick as well. He's, he's been a real, real fine for us this year. But, I've got to say, I think goaltending throughout the whole of the Elite League is possibly the highest I've ever seen. I think even, you know, your guy, um, he's, he's exceptional as well. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think it's been, it's been excellent. There's a lot, a lot of really good, really great talent out there. I'm, I'm looking at the team as well. Is there, you say about, uh, Again, being that aggressive style, is there an aggressive edge to the team before? Because I'm looking at your penalty, at your penalty minute numbers here, and I'm thinking to myself, they're quite high for the stage in the season. Yeah, they are. There's no doubt about that. I think they're a little bit skewed. Um, I say early, early season, the first few games we had, we had a lot of injuries, and I think there's a little bit of frustration coming in because we had a, a back-to-back against Nottingham Panthers, and you know when you're coming up against a team which can run four, four good quality lines, and then you're coming up against. There's no secret about it. We're a three-line hockey club, and then we've got quite a few guys out injured. Um, we, we were made able to hold those teams for maybe a period, a period and a half, and then a bit of fatigue came in, and you know the guys start to perhaps get a bit frustrated. But I also think there's a bit of message sending there because it's not only do we have new guys that have come into the club, but lots of the other teams really have had new guys come in. So it's about uh, getting that message across, I think, for guys that come to uh, play in Australia. Who's been the standout? Who's been the standout this season so far? Um, well, Luke Moffat was in the early game. He just, he, he left, you know, he picked up where he left off last year. He's full of en- energy, non-stop, just plays from one end to the end, 200 feet. Um, and then Mike Hammond, you know, he, he was a big miss mm-hmm. early on. You know, it's pretty, pretty obvious the, the scoring threat that he brings to our team. And since he's come back, he's been, he's been lights out as well. But I can't look past Matt Ginn. Matt Ginn's just been absolutely outstanding. How much of a surprise was it when the likes of um, Pitt and, and, and Becker went back up to Brayhead or to Glasgow? Sorry. Um, 
Um, not probably as big a surprise for me personally that we were able to retain some of the guys. Um, the likes that I say once again go back to Hammond, him getting come back up after a, a career year with the Storm and, and his exploits with Team GB as well. Um, I, 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 we did really well to get him back. The likes of Peter Beckham, I don't know. It's, I, I didn't, I don't know if I expected him to come back if I was honest. Um, whether I want to, that's again, that's another question I don't know. One guy, one guy synonymous with the British game, not so much in the elite but more, you know, with former Manchester Phoenix and Slyes, is Kieran Long, who, who started the season really well. He, 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 you know what? He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah. Um, he had an outstanding year last year as well. And once again, he just, he picked it up again. He's the top scoring Brit in the league and he just goes about it quietly. There's no fuss about his game. He just gets on with it. And I think a little bit to his own detriment sometimes when he just doesn't perhaps get the plaudits he deserves. But, uh, yeah, he's been on fire. I think he's something like 13 points in 12 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, obviously, the Giants and the Storm face each other for the first time out there in Altrigham. What's the edge to the Storm game when it comes to that small ice, when it comes to that small rink? Well, it's just that physical, aggressive play, uh, keeping it simple. Um, I think because of the smaller eyes as well, we, we, we can... We can challenge those teams that perhaps get, have that little bit more depth than we have on the, on the bench. Um, and it, it gets a bit more of a, a struggle on the bigger eyes because I think our team is no secret. We're not quite as mobile as some other teams are as well. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing how we match up against the Giants. And also we've got Guildford on Sunday, two teams that we haven't seen yet. So you start to get a better idea once you've seen everybody. And of course, you guys, the Storm TV, doing a great job. You know, you're, you're back behind the mic when you're, when you're back in town and, uh, you doing the stuff with uh, with FaceTime Live and all that. It's been good fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, we've been trying to. We were just trying to bring a bit more of a show to the to the guys at uh, Giant TV. So we have our trying to get a bit of um, Facebook time beforehand. Uh, when I'm home, uh, I'm trying to get down to the rink as much as I can on training and doing a bit of the bit of the sizz, getting down there, chatting with <laughs> guys, trying to get some uh, some interviews out of them. And same with the other guys. It's a real team effort. Um, so we've got. Three guys, which is the comments from myself, Lee and Simon. Um, we've all got, obviously got our full-time jobs, so we can't quite commit uh, as much as we, we'd like to, perhaps. But uh, we're getting now, I think. It's, it's just, at the end of the day, we're all like yourselves. We're just fans of the game, and we just want to get it, get it out there as much as we can. Well, no doubt this weekend, on this Saturday, you'll have a lot of viewers from Belfast Giants fans tuning into Storm TV. The game's on Saturday at 7pm. Mr. Packer, always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you, Paddy. Likewise. Thanks to Steve. Uh, yes, so the games this weekend, Storm on Saturday at 7pm at the Drizzle Dome, and then we go on to Sunday against the Nottingham Panthers in the NIC at 4pm. Of course, that 7pm game on Saturday, if you're not over for it, and I believe there's quite a few coming over for this sort of a, not a double header, but this sort of these two games. Uh, if you If you want to watch that game, it will be on Storm TV. Uh, you can catch them on Twitter or look at, at AVFTB. We'll give the details to that. 7 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, there's no webcast. They did a webcast for the game against the Sheffield Steelers that sold out, but there'll be no webcast for the Belfast Giants game. But keep an eye on at AVFTB. We'll try to give you as much info as we can. Um, I'll start with you, Says Just briefly, your thoughts on this weekend. Manchester's going to be tough. Uh, it always is. You know, we've, um, we've had success here in the last couple of seasons, but... Uh, they've also, you know, had a number for it. They've got a good team. Um, you know, they've got a couple of, of guys that can snipe the puck. 
A um, couple of big bodies, you know, in the back end as well. Their goalie seems to be decent this year again. And they've got a, and they got the Paschal as well, mm-hmm. um, as a backup or as a two number ones to a certain extent. But, um, you know, I think the Manchester Storm again, they're, I don't think they'll probably get off the start that they were looking for. Um, getting beat on, on, uh, a Sunday against Sheffield, you know, they'll be looking to try and put that right when Belfast come into town on, on uh, Saturday evening. Yeah. Davey, you know, the two games, we've three games in Scotland the following weekend, but these two games are going to be difficult. No doubt. I don't think there's an easy game, Paddy. And I was stunned there about yeah. the Dundee Stars with only one regulation of winner or something. I thought they looked legit good at the start of the season, you know, a decent team. And, you know, there just isn't, you know, Manchester Storm going to be sitting and waiting for us here at the weekend. They've obviously got some good results in the, in the, in the Drizzle Dome. And, they're going to be a hard team to, to to put away, but the Belfast Giants have to just go in and believe in ourselves. Hopefully, you never know whether we've got some bodies back, and, and we're, we've just came off an eight-game winning streak. You know, we're unfortunate to lose out to, to Guildford late late at the weekend there. So, you know, we'll, we'll want to get back to business and want to get back to the winning ways again as well. So, it'll be a good game, and I take it to be down there yourself. The game is on Saturday at seven PM at the at the at the Drizzle Dome. Uh, the Belfast Giants will take on the Manchester Storm at seven PM. You can catch that on Storm TV. This made my uh, my wife and daughter coming in from Portugal on Saturday morning. I don't know what I'm doing. The uh, well, you know, I, I know that I roll out the red carpet for you if you do make a diner. So. <laughs> You That'd know, be very kind of him if he did. If he got time, if he got time. No, if well, I'll I'll see I'll see how my schedule is, man. The, <laughs> but yeah, seven p.m. on Saturday, uh, you can catch that on Storm TV, and on Sunday, the Nottingham Panthers four p.m. That won't be on any sort of streaming site, but keep an eye at AVFTV on Twitter, and we'll point you in the direction of updates. Any other business, gentlemen? I've uh, no, not for me. Oh. Davey was going to say happy birthday to somebody. Well, it was very briefly mentioned in uh, in, in Besco's interview there, obviously. A little quiet get-together tonight, no doubt, uh, after, after a long, hard weekend. They're back to work tomorrow, but the boys are out tonight celebrating, I think, Frankie's birthday. Let's see what age Frankie is today. Frankie is 25. Frankie Beauvillier, 25 today, born in Sorel, Quebec, Canada. And uh, celebrating his twenty fifth birthday, and he's Belfast. He he sort of started, and he started to play well now. He had a few games where he was um, up and down the lineup, and then uh, Adam sat him for the first home game against Dundee in that doubleheader home and away. Uh, he came back in the lineup um, on the away game, got a goal, um, and I think he's played. Is it three or four? He's got night for the season. Four and four, and 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 league action. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like him. Like like the front of, uh, you know, uh, Joel's uh, sheet here. Four, four, and four. Yeah, and fourteen games across uh, league and um, Challenge Cup action. But yeah, as, as line settled down, says you know, as line settled down and you get to know your line mates a little bit better. Oh. I'm just ticking off a couple of wee points here. Um, he picked up, uh, as I say, he got some new twigs, so that's him ready to rock. Well then, a happy birthday to Francis Bavillier, to be frank, for, for 2025. 20, That's just depressed me. Anyway. <laughs> Hockey players nowadays have got a completely new... They really do. Yeah. Anything more, Davey? 
No, not for me, mate. Not for me. All right, well, then let's wrap this show up. Uh, like I say, two games this weekend away to the Manchester Storm and away to the Nottingham Panthers. 7 p.m. on Saturday. Catch that on Storm TV. 4 p.m. on Sunday. Keep an eye on that AVFTV for the Nottingham Panthers info. Uh, also, you know, you, you can catch us at kingdomofthegiants.com. You can catch us on Facebook, soundcloud, soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB for post-game interviews and the likes of that. Um, we're not on Tinder. Well, it might be on Tinder. I don't know. Uh, nothing to do with me. <laughs> uh, thanks to Beth, Tyler Beskarowani and whoever we have as the interviews. Thanks to everybody there. Simon, David, good to chat to you. Thanks, Tally. Cheers, David. Good night, guys. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey, especially if you're on that road trip to Manchester and Nottingham. And we'll catch you here next time. All of you from the bridge. Podcast Network.